0: Welcome to the podcast home of Young Erie Professionals. Here, we present a variety of YEP events in audio form, including this fireside chat with Kathy Rosdick, planning director for the city of Erie. Young Erie Professionals is comprised of over 200 young professionals from the greater Erie area, all of varying disciplines and occupations. But it's a group with a very singular purpose, forming community, in contributing to the future of erie pennsylvania we believe that by investing in ourselves today we are investing in our tomorrow a tomorrow both longtime and prospective residents can be proud of in addition yep is proudly a program of the erie regional chamber and growth partnership we hope you enjoy the discussion
1: hello uh i'm blaine bruning a uh, committee member of the civic and community engagement committee and young year professionals. Uh, I'm here with Kathy. How you, do your last name?
2: It's Rosdick.
1: Rosdick. Okay. Yeah. And with Ashlyn Kelly, uh, chairman of the or chairwoman of the civic and community engagement committee. We're doing a little fireside chat going over, you know, interviewing Kathy and finding out what she does as planning director for the city of Erie so Kathy tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do what what's a general day for you like
2: sure well a little bit of my background is I'm not from Erie I moved here about six years ago or so and I moved here and was the county planning director for a few years before coming to the city to be the city's first planning director that they've had. Before that, um, I worked, I have a master's degree in urban planning from the University of Michigan, originally from West Virginia where I I received my undergraduate degree. And I've worked in this profession for a couple of decades now, primarily uh, as a consultant is where I started as in Southeast Michigan, uh, working in and around Detroit. Uh, working with small communities, larger communities, really sort of hyper focused on revi- revitalizing their downtowns, um, things like that. really loved that work. Uh, and then I uh, pivoted to with a move with my family to Ohio and took some time off to raise my kids. I have two children who are no, no longer children, although they are my kids. Um, my daughter, Zila, is 25 and she's an engineer in West Virginia. Uh, so I totally relate, Blaine, to what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And my son is 19. He's a graduate of Collegiate Academy uh, here in Erie and is attending Penn State Bernd at the moment. But in Ohio, it was really interesting. I, I did some work with um, a graduate program from Ohio State University who was working in uh, Biloxi, Mississippi, after Hurricane Katrina, uh, a couple of years after Hurricane Katrina, I'm working on planning and, and land use issues that had occurred um, because of because of that the impact of that of that event. Um, so that really broadened my skill set quite a bit, being able to kind of go to different different communities, work on issues that um, I hadn't had experience with prior to prior to that. So that was very interesting. And then, in uh, moved to back to West Virginia and was a public sector planning and development director. Um, so that was my first foray into going from the private sector into the public sector. Um, and then from there moved to Erie. So I have a, you know, quite a bit of experience from a community planning and prof- profession from all of those different, different avenues. Um, so when I was asked by Mayor Schember to come and be the city's first planner, I saw it as a professional challenge. I'm like, all right, I've never done that before. Uh, I kind of like those areas that are new and haven't been tested. So I agreed and came in uh, three years ago. So you can imagine what my day is like is it's very different every day because I was basically asked, come in and, and create this thing that we've never had before in the city of Erie and we'll figure it out. Uh, <laughs> that was kind of the whole broad spectrum, the whole broad umbrella of direction, and so that's that's pretty much what I've been doing since since day one is taking my skill set, my knowledge of what other plant, other communities' planning departments look like, what their planners do, um, how they function within within those local governments, and then trying to apply that to the city of Erie. So that that looks different every day. Um, so like, as an example today, I spent a lot of time on these Zoom calls, um, talking with developers who were sort of struggling with some issues they were having um, with taxes and things like that. We talked about this, you know, a convenes a task force um, uh, around the city's uh, ARP funding, which is the the large amount of funding that the city is, is receiving as, as Many others are from the American Recover Rescue Plan. Had a conversation with code enforcement uh, about some issues with our rental program, and now I'm talking to you. Tomorrow, I'll be out on uh, Buffalo Road uh, doing a what we call a um, sort of a patient, uh, humble observation of the situation out in Buffalo Road uh, on behalf of a neighborhood group that we're working. On, uh, we call it humbly humbly observing uh, how that corridor functions. So, I'll be doing that tomorrow morning, and uh, hopefully grabbing a donut or something along the way. And that's that can be part of my day. Uh, last week, I was hanging door hangers out for um, uh, invitations for people to come to a community engagement meeting that we had uh, last week. So my day my day can change. Uh, dramatically and so multitasking is a big part of this of this work and being able to kind of take on different uh, different initiatives as they come in I'm I'm usually asked to the table and I and I appreciate that because hopefully I can bring value to it Um, usually asked to the table on on various different initiatives that uh, that the mayor or other departments are working on so it can be very exciting to be in this position.
1: Well it's fascinating just to see the, the variety you deal with on a day to day basis. I know. Uh, I mean that's just interesting. You're spending a day sitting on a road watching traffic and how things move and whatnot. And that and then other days you're sitting on Zoom calls. That is that's really interesting. So you I'm get you've been in Erie about three years or so. Six.
2: Well, Six. I've been with the city for three. But and I've been in Erie
1: for six. six. I'm a new transplant, newish at this point. Um, I, I come from Harrisburg. Um, what is your favorite thing about Erie? I'm still learning, so about f- trying to find my favorite thing. What's yours?
2: I found it fascinating. I had never been to Erie up until seven years ago, when uh, my husband at the time was coming up for a job interview, and I I remember um, driving up 79 and when you crest right past the mall, you sort of crest and you see the water for the first time. Um, I was stunned, I was shocked. I, I was like, oh, well, I mean, you, you realize it's on a great lake but you don't realize the greatness of a lake until you drive up on it. And if you're not from a uh, water community it, it really is quite impressive. And, um, and then I, I spent the day driving around different neighborhoods and the downtown. And from my perspective as a planner, I was also equally overwhelmed with the Bay and Presque Isle and the downtown. And I thought the downtown had a a really wonderful sort of plethora of beautiful historic buildings um, that for the most part were still still intact. Um, And you know, what struck me is, I I and I've said this actually more times since then, is that Erie's kind of like the best-kept secret. No one really understands the value and the beauty that Erie has until you come here. Um, even in, well, you're, Blaine, you said you're from Harrisburg. I mean, I think Harrisburg, people out in central PA and, and, and eastern Pennsylvania, southeastern Pennsylvania probably think Erie is like, uh, you know, going to, Antarctica or something, they're like, who would ever go that far for anything? But then you get here and you realize, wow, this is quite amazing. The summers, you just cannot beat the summers in Erie. They're absolutely, they're absolutely beautiful. They're, it reminds me a lot of Southeast Michigan in and around Detroit. But yeah. it's it's big, but it's still very consumable. It's not overwhelming mm-hmm. to be in Erie. So those are kind of the things, you know, the festivals, these, these ethnic festivals <clears throat> fascinated me. I had never seen anything like them before. And I was like, what is this? The Italian festival and the, uh, the, the Irish festival and Troika is going to be this weekend. And at first I was just like, Oh, these aren't really, I mean, it's like, what is this? It's gamble and you, you, you drink and you have food and then there's some music, but then I got into it. I'm like, no, this is really quite, interesting this is cool because you see the diversity of Erie in those festivals that occur between May and what is it October is the last one and you're like well geez what and then I so I made it a point to go to every festival that that they have just and my son was right right along with me said we got to go it's time but it's really quite fascinating how much Erie has to offer in I mean it's little package but it's got a lot to lot to offer anyway I hope it didn't no, offend I, anyone with the festival comment but I was like at first I was like I don't know about this and then after afterwards it really and then I missed them boy did I miss them this summer I'm like oh fun has gone out the window because of the pandemic so
1: yeah I'm, I'm wholeheartedly with you on what Erie is and, and whatnot when I you know came over the press the same as you saw that water I was like Oh my goodness! And then I spent more time here. I'm like, why did I not know about Erie sooner, and why haven't I not visited? And I can honestly say this is pro- this is probably I agree with you the best kept secret of Pennsylvania is Erie. Um, it's that it's it's a city, but it's condensed and it's still but small enough that it still maintains its communities, uh, absolutely, and, it's, and whatnot. It doesn't get overwhelmed at being a city
2: mm-hmm. and
1: whatnot. So. So far, we've had fireside chats with a uh, a few people, uh, Representative Bob Mirsky, uh, Representative Bizarro um, and Senator Dan Laughlin. What's it like being a staff member in public office or for public office, you know, working, working for the public?
2: It really keeps you hopping uh, for the most part. Working now, working for the public is is something a little bit different, but working for an elected official uh, can be extremely dynamic, uh, depending on what's being asked of them at the time. And then when you throw in an election, it really does you have to pivot your entire way of thinking for until the election's over. and and that's very near and dear to my heart because we just went through the primary. Um, it really is very, Time-consuming um, for you, and when your boss is running for election or re-election, um, and that was interesting. That was the first time I had experienced that uh, before. So I hadn't I hadn't done that with county, and and so with the city, it was very near and dear to me. Um, and you realize how hard the the amount of work that has to go into. Uh, running for office. It's, it's exhausting. And and I, I give Mayor Schember all the credit in the world for, I mean, the guy is an energizer bunny. He just keeps going and going and going and he never slows down. And I, I was exhausted just watching him. Um, but the serving the public is, is very interesting because there's a lot, there's a lot of different, um, a lot of different ideas on what the city and, and city services should be providing. And there's a lot of people who don't understand how local government works. Um, so there's a tremendous amount of education you have to you have to give people. Uh, some people are well-versed, you know, you have city council members who've been in their positions for years. And so they understand how things get done and how the, the reason that the wheels of government turn slowly. Um, and that's probably the biggest challenge is, is people feel like I should make a phone call and it should just be fixed and why isn't it fixed? And, it, you know, the the blighted, and I deal a lot with blighted properties. Um, if the blighted property isn't, why isn't it removed by now? Why, uh, the city must not care about me. The city must not um, be doing their jobs. People aren't doing their jobs and that's just not the case. It, it just takes a lot of time to deal with some of those issues. It's complex. Property rights are very still very strong and, and, and it, it becomes... It, it becomes very complex to deal with things like that. Um, so that's probably the the biggest part of my job is to try to explain and make it not sound like it's just an excuse. It's like yeah. you try to explain and say, you know, here's the reality of, of what you're experiencing. Um, if it's something like, like blight, and that's something that's, you know, like very, um, a high priority for me and very near and dear to the work that i do is trying to address blight and abandonment in the city so it's a it's really quite an interesting and intriguing complex problem that on, on its surface doesn't necessarily seem seem that way but anyway i i was digressing off your earlier question but that's for me that's what i have to spend a lot of time doing
1: and that that leads into one of our questions um, my questions is you know uh, what are that seems like one of, one of your biggest challenges um, in, in dealing with the fact that things are slow, and you, you explain have to kind of walk people through and be like, hey, this takes time, and then to actually get the work done also takes time. Is there some other challenge that you've come across that um, either as a planning director for Erie or in your general you know career that you've you've come across as a planning? That really sticks out to you and then how did you overcome it?
2: I that's a good question. There's a couple of, of challenges I have faced, but I think one that consistently planners as a whole, um, f- the biggest challenge is the it takes time to implement plans and ideas. And it's very hard to get to, for people to understand that. Um, To the point where they, they might think that planners really don't have a purpose. Like, well, if you, you spend all this time, you'll spend a year developing a plan. And then after a year, all we have is a plan. So where's the, we want to see substance. We want to see, we want to see big machines out there digging up property or tearing down houses that, that for, for people, that's real and tangible, And that can happen, but it, Something like that could be more palliative. So the planner is supposed to come in and say, okay, what is the real underlying issue that's causing this problem, whatever that problem is? And, and so let's say in this case, it's people abandoning their properties and not investing in them in Erie. So we can say, well, we just have to give them more money. We have to incentivize, well, where are you gonna get that money? And is, is, is that going to fix it? Is that gonna be the silver bullet? or we have to have stronger code enforcement and hold them accountable for maintaining their properties. Well, yes, we do that. But that's, again, that's, that's, that doesn't go deep enough to what is the real problem that people are not investing in their properties because um, if, it was, if it was worthwhile, we would be investing in our properties. So if I got a return, I mean, and it comes down to economics if, and that's what was interesting about Erie Refocused um, when that was created and that was, that was done. I, I moved here in the middle of that document being created for the city, which is the city's comprehensive plan. And I got into in, involved in the process very quickly because I'm a planner and I was really interested. And I live in the city, so I wanted to be a part of it. But it's fascinating because that, that document really did a deep dive analysis of the housing market in the city and it identified uh, some of the challenges that our neighborhoods were facing, but it is essentially showed this, um, this very uh, sort of insecure, insecure market that we, ha- we have in Erie. Uh, homes in Erie are 27% less value than a comparable home right outside the city. So people can invest, it costs the same amount of money to improve your bathroom in the city as it does in, let's say Mill Creek, but you, your return on investment in Mill Creek is greater because the demand is more in, in, out in the hinterlands than in the city. So that is a market force that you have to come to realize is the issue. So how do we t- start turning the tide of making this city when people have a choice of where they can live, they choose the city of Erie to live and that's what's going to stabilize the the property and that or that's what's going to stabilize this decline. Um, It's that and you can can incentivize and you can enforce. So there's carrots and sticks Mm -hmm. um, but it all has to be working towards the goal of that. How do you make the city of Erie the best investment that you can make when you have choices? Because right now the choice is we're going elsewhere. And we have a flat line population growth in Erie County. It's maybe 1% at best. Um, so the competition is very high and we can create jobs in the city, which uh, you know, we, we finally have, I think we're in a position with our redevelopment authorities and some funding that they are doing a lot. And you've, everyone's seen the downtown and what the Erie Downtown Development Corporation is doing, creating spaces for new businesses. And that's that's fantastic but I spend more of my time and saying, that's great. Those, Those people who are coming for those jobs, we need them to also live in the city. And that means that we need to have housing that people like you want. And when you have kids, if you don't have kids now, that when you have kids that you will want to stay in or at least stay in the city. So the school district and the quality of our school district becomes extremely important to the city as well. Although we have no control over our school district, figuring out ways that we can support how well performing our school district is, is vitally important to the health of the city. It it, it absolutely is. If our schools are failing, it's going to be almost impossible for the city to become the community of choice that we want it to be. Because when you start having your kids, And you you look, okay, they're about to start school and you got to send them to a public school. You want to make sure that that's, that you feel comfortable doing that. Uh, For me, it was easy because my son, uh, we had collegiate academy and I was blown away by collegiate academy and that being an option. So I think our school district is, is doing an exceptionally good job. Uh, And I've seen them over the past six years, just really propel themselves to position to become successful. So I think I went on so long, I kind of forgot what the original question was. But, you know, those are those are kind of the things that the planner brings to the table. But it's that that fix I just talked about. That's not easy. There's no there's no big grant coming from the state or the feds. that's going to fix that quickly. And if you but if you don't understand the driving factors of what sort of what represents itself in abandoned buildings, then you're only going to be demolishing buildings you're never going to be actually fixing or plugging the hole it's pa- i call it it's palliative at that point right we're putting a band-aid on it when we need to go in and maybe suture up the i'm not a doctor but mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean we got to stop yeah, the. I understand
1: completely yeah
2: right so that's the biggest challenge is saying let's really look at the problem people and not just throw money at it
1: yeah and they, uh, i recently did some training as well that you know, it, it says, you know, go deeper than what you normally see. It's, the issue goes much deeper than what you think, and that's where you solve the problem. Now, obviously, you deal with plenty of challenges, and there's a lot of larger challenges ahead that bleed into it, but you, you did mention something about uh, you being a part of the Erie Refocus. Uh, you're, you oversee the implementation of Erie Refocus. What is that the uh, redevelopment plan? Uh, and how will it impact Erie itself and what, you know, what's something that we should be aware of and look forward to?
2: I think Erie Refocus did a really good job doing what I just talked about. It's going to that deeper dive uh, discussion of what's our real problem in Erie. Um, and I do appreciate Charles Buki, who was the principal of CCB. Uh, which is the consultant group that helped create Erie Refocused. Because he has a he has a very fresh way of communicating issues that I found really invigorating. Uh, he sort of doesn't hold back his punches. And he, you know, so he's the Erie Refocus looks at the entire city and based on the state of housing in each of our neighborhoods, they they sort of chunked it out into what we call planning areas. So there's 17 planning areas, like Frontier would be one, the downtown is a planning area, our West Bayfront is another planning area. And based on uh, level of renters versus owner occupants, the number of blighted properties, the condition of the homes, had made suggested starting points of here's where you could help stabilize those neighborhoods that were showing early signs of distress, or uh, or that were in high distress, or or strengthen the ones that were slightly showing early signs of distress. Because what um, what the comprehensive plan suggests is that you can't just put all of your money in uh, fighting the worst of the worst because then you're focused only in one spot and all the people who are living in the, in, the, in the, let's call them the better neighborhoods, they're the people you also have to understand. They have one foot out the door, one more bad article about the schools, one more, we're, hey, we're about to close our high schools. They, they have a choice and they're leaving and we can't let them leave because then it, we really see a steep decline. So it's working on both ends. And, and so in all of these areas, there's suggested starting points. So what we did is in, those, in some of the areas that we needed to focus on, the downtown was already doing really well because the private sector, after area refocused, the private sector came together and said, what is it we can do to help implement the recommendations that were in the downtown area? And they took that and ran with it. That's where EDDC came out of. EDDC was created mm-hmm. because it was a recommendation of very refocused of how you stabilize your downtown. So they took that and, and, went, and went in that direction and has done has done a very good job moving that forward. Uh, PennDOT working on the Bayfront Connector, uh, they're moving that forward. So things are happening by other parties. So I wanted to work in the areas where there wasn't a lot of traction occurring from the recommendations of area refocused. So we started these, neighbor, these strategic five-year plans in those planning areas, uh, starting with the East Bayfront. So Lower East, Lower East Side, essentially everything from Holland East to the Bayfront, North of 14th Street. That's what East Bayfront. So Parade, um, all of that is considered East Bayfront. So we started there doing a lower level, very granular strategic planning uh, with uh, five-year processes or five-year horizons. Um, Working with the residents, we went door to door. We talked with them saying, okay, here's what's being proposed. Does that make sense to you? Is there anything that we're missing? Um, Because essentially the plan had been handed off to the city. The consultant was gone. And most of the staff who worked on the plan in the city was also gone. So we wanted to make sure that we were being respectful of the needs of the neighborhood. So that's what we're doing. And, and we continue, we're on our third neighborhood plan. Um, and then we have areas like our West Bayfront, they just finished their own strategic plan. So what we do is we work directly with them on their priorities and connect them to city resources to get them their priorities done. So. In our West Bayfront, it's Bayview Park, as you can see, has done amazing. That's where the splash pad was put. You saw the Erie sign that's up on the bluff and the swings that they just put in. Well, that's being driven by our West Bayfront, but it's supported by the city. In areas that that wasn't happening, which was the East Bayfront, we've gone in and started developing the, that strategic plan and we've done that. So, And we'll continue to do that for our, all of our other neighborhoods. Um, in East Bayfront, because that's the hardest hit area of abandonment and vacant buildings, we're looking at ways that we can, instead of just demolishing more blighted properties and leaving these vacant lots, um, is there a way that we can do that and actually create a greenway system in its place? So it's an asset to the people who live on the Lower East Side, but it's also removing these uh, nuisance properties uh, and their impact uh, which is not an easy again this has not been an easy process um, but that's essentially what we're doing we're trying to work both ends demolition removal of blighted properties but do we how do we put something back in place that is better than what was there before other than just a vacant lot and that's come in very many forms so that's essentially how we're implementing Erie focused. and um it's just an ongoing process. It's iterative. It it changes based on what we hear from the residents and the stakeholders who work in that in those neighborhoods. But we have a very strong partnership with our neighborhood groups um, because of that work.
1: Awesome. Now, uh, as you've seen, I'm assuming everything's been going well, and you've been seeing a lot of uh, great impact from that. Uh, what has surprised you so far from that the redevelopment?
2: What I was initially surprised with when the comprehensive plan was done um, was the way that the private sector owned it. I have never worked in a community where the private sector essentially took a document and said, we're taking this, it's ours, and we're going to start moving on it. Usually it's the uh, elected officials, the local government whose job is to go out there and sort of beat the bushes to get, you know, to get their, their plans implemented. But in this case, it was the private sector that took the charge and started. The community foundation had created a, a transformational grant program with Erie Refocused as its focus, which I was, I was blown away with. They were creating the EDDC, which it, it wasn't the EDDC at the time. It was just an idea. They were doing that. And the mayor was Mayor Schumber was running for you know that the, the mayor's race was open, uh, and most of the candidates running for mayor knew that they had to do something with the area refocused, uh, because their constituents were saying you need to do something with this with this comprehensive plan, and again for me I'd never seen so much excitement and momentum happen uh, from a comprehensive plan. Usually they're they're done and. Sometimes they just fizzle and sit on a shelf, and this one absolutely was was not. The Erie County Gaming Revenue Authority created a program, a funding grant program that was a recommendation of Erie Refocused. It just blew my mind how much this this this, this community rallied around uh, the the ideals of that comp plan.
1: Awesome. So obviously, this this uh, this matters to the community at whole. And with talking to you, you know, we answered one of my other questions. Why does this planning matter? Obviously, it's, it's pretty obvious in talking to you. It just, it just brings everybody up if you can institute it and, and complete it correctly or, you know, take your time doing it, um, even if it does take time. It's hard to put this uh, question into a better context at this point. So I'll just say, um, why do different departments need to come together to make this work?
2: Well, there, everyone in city hall plays a critical role in moving a plan forward. Um, uh, sometimes these plans have been called my plans. Well, Kathy, that plan you were working on, it's like, no, 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 this is not my plan. This is a plan that I helped marshal. Um, but all of these plans always deal with infrastructure issues. So public works has got to be a part of it. Um, Funding needed for housing, so community and economic development has to be a part. It uh, has to be on board with it. Our citizen planners, which is our planning commission, you know, they're at the table to help inform what this plan should look like. A lot of issues that we identify, of course, deal with with crime and safety. So the police have to, you know, the, there's benefits. Uh, there's a benefit for the police to be involved. In what we're finding and what we're discovering, and you know what what we do as a whole, as a whole the community, should also improve the work that these other departments are, are functioning. But that has been a challenge. I mean, the, too often I th- I felt early on that this what my work was seen as something extra. It was something outside the influence and impact of other departments, and that's probably been the hardest change is being new to the city, no one knew what what planners do. They, they haven't really had a planning function. It's not that they didn't have creative thinkers who were doing good work in the city. So it's not a criticism of anyone, but someone's job it, as a planner didn't exist. So no one really knew what I was doing. I would show up to meetings. I would talk about things, but no one really understood what the role was because they'd never seen it before. That's been the biggest hurdle for me, for sure. Is well, we're not, you know, what 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 does planning have to do with us? But it does. Mm-hmm. And to go back to why does planning matter? Uh, we're, we're, we all sit here, you know, the the two, the three of us, and then those who will who will listen later. You plan something in your lives, you plan for retirement, you plan for a job change, you plan to educate your children, you plan to buy a house. There's, you can't just one day say, oh, I'm gonna buy a house and have the means necessarily to do that. So you have to make changes on the way and that to meet that goal. Communities are exactly the same. We have to say, what is it we wanna do in the next five or 10 years? Even if it's not something that doesn't seem attainable today, but aspirational, okay, what's our aspirations in 10 years? And let's figure out over the next 10 years, how we do that. So the same that we do in our own personal lives, local governments and communities absolutely have to do in, uh, in the public sector. And that's really why planning matters. Because if we're not doing that, we are reacting to the issue of the day and never growing into what we think this community could become.
1: Yeah. So in a sense, it's, it's you know, how you, know, you invest in your retirement, you invest in your home. This is investing in the community. Yeah. Awesome. For sure. So what can we do as young professionals? Uh, what actions would you like to see us do in the community? Uh, you know, any projects you have that you know, might be helpful for us to be a part of or something, you know, that we can actively do to make positive change?
2: You know, I saw that question. I was like, "All right, that's going to be an interesting one." I think w- what what I would love to see younger people doing is volunteering for um, to be decision makers. If that's being, you know, running for a local office, or if it's just volunteering to be on the planning commission, the zoning hearing board, the redevelopment authority, getting more young people at the table. So they can help inform policy changes and the direction of the city. That is really how you start making a big impact um, at the local level is being at the table. So asking to have a seat at the table would be a great start. And the city uh, has made that uh, a very open and transparent process. There's always a call for applications anytime we have open seats which there are many open seats or there's many opportunities to serve and uh and we do we we intentionally look for people that we haven't seen before we haven't worked with before we want new ideas to to come to the to come to the table be active at at city council so if there's an initiative that you feel very strongly about bring it to the city and say hey we, we we think this is really important give it a voice and you know, let's talk about how we can, how we can turn that into a reality. So I, you know, personally, I'm a very, I like to think very creatively and out of the box. I, I don't really do much in the way of of consistency throughout my day, just because I like to try new things. I'm not your, te- I'm definitely not a bureaucrat in, in that respect. Mm-hmm. I think there's always a different way to skin a cat. Uh, if, <laughs> if If I'm allowed to say that, I think I am. Uh, so if something doesn't work, and I think it's really important that we do it, I'll find it's like, all right, we'll figure it out another way. We'll still get to the same results. But, you know, creative ideas like would be extremely helpful, but ones that are based in the the some of the limitations that we do have in Erie. Like we're I get I get things sent to me all the time, an article that the wonderful things they're doing out in California and this really cool spot. Can't we do this really cool bike lane here? And why aren't And inundated, inundated with that. And I would be like, great, you figure out how they do it. I I, honestly, I -hmm. love the idea, figure out how they did it, come to me with a solution. Don't send it to me and think that I'm gonna solve it for you. You figure it out, I'll help you ask the right questions and you come to me with a solution all day long, all day long, I'll, I'll run that great idea that you had or that great example. I mean, I do the same thing. I go visit. I go on vacation. I'm taking pictures of cool benches and fountains and parks and uh, really cool public art. I'm like, oh, this would be fantastic, um, but I also know if if I want it done, I'm going to have to figure out basically how we do it in Erie because it's what they do in Tampa, Florida. It isn't we can't just replicate it here in Erie. We have to actually make it reality. So, you know, I love the I love the energy. Um, and I'm willing to work with, with anyone who has some really good ideas, but I need, need them to come to the table and solve some of them for me. <laughs> don't send me articles. I don't, I read enough.
1: <laughs> right, I'm right there with you. I, I'm a solution finder, not a not just an idea guy.
0: We thank you for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information about Young Erie Professionals, head over to Erie. Org. Once again, that is Y-E-P-Eerie, yep,erie.org. This podcast has been produced in part by Edinburgh University Center for Branding and Strategic Communication and producer Chris Lantinen. Our music has been provided by Kevin McLeod. Find more information about him in our episode description.